Welcome to Story Shaped, the podcast about the stories that shape us and have the power to change the world. I'm Susan Cahill, debut children's author, and my co-host is the seasoned and wonderful children's author Sinead O'Hart. Together, we'll be taking you through some deep dives into the books that shaped us and interviewing other writers about their favourite and most influential stories. We hope you'll enjoy Story Shaped. again to everybody um this is a brand new episode of story shaped podcast and today we are truly delighted to welcome sam thompson to the podcast uh, sam is an extremely accomplished author having been long listed for the man booker prize in 2012 with his debut novel communion town his second book jot followed in 2018 and was shortlisted for the 2019 encore prize after this he made the wise decision to turn to writing for children and his stunning children's debut Wolf's Tongue was published by Little Island in 2021 and a sequel which is equally as wonderful called The Fox's Tower followed in 2022. Um, these books have a spare lyrical power that reminded me um, of the classics of children's fantasy fiction which would include the work of people like Alan Garner and Susan Cooper which seem to achieve so much in a relatively sort of condensed or concise way. Um, and they have also been compared to Richard Adams's Watership Down in terms of the power and brutality of the animal world, which is so effectively conveyed in Sam's work. Uh, Sam teaches creative writing at Queen's University Belfast and makes his home in that beautiful city too. And welcome, Sam, to the podcast. We are truly honoured and delighted and a little bit overwhelmed uh, to <laughs> welcome uh, a person as accomplished as yourself to Story-Shaped Podcast. Um, how, thank you how are you, very much. how are you doing today? <laughs> oh, very good. No, thank you. Uh, I'm... Good. Uh, no, likewise, just um, you know, really, really pleased to get to speak to you. So thanks very much for having me. No, we're so excited. Susan, Susan used to teach in Queens as well, so we have that mm -hmm. connection onto you too. And it's uh, it's great to talk to people for to whom we have such wonderful connections, and we're really excited to talk about the books that shaped you because you've given us a vague idea, an overview of the ones you want to talk about today, and they are extremely exciting. So we can't wait to get stuck in. Um, but we shall begin with the question that we ask everybody at the start of the episode, which is. Sam Thompson, are you story shaped? <laughs> yeah, wow, that's it's it's such a a good question, and um, I mean, I was thinking about it and thinking about what it what it means to be story shaped, um, and I I was I don't know I was thinking that I I suppose, I mean yes of course, and I I suppose it's I suppose we we just we just are aren't we shaped by stories, and I when you when 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 you when you mentioned that question. Um, I was, I, I suppose I started thinking about, you know, the, the way that when you look back, you, I, I, for me anyway, it's sort of only in retrospect that you can look back at yourself when you were much younger and see how you were being shaped by all kinds of, of, of stories. Not, I mean, not even in books necessarily, but the kind of ambient stories around you, mm -hmm. the stories that your family tells you about, about yourself and, and, and about, and, and the, the stories that, that the culture you live in um, tells you. And uh, you know, th th there's no there's no getting away from the stories that uh, that you live inside about you know about the kind of given values and the belief systems that that you that you find yourself uh, inside, um, which I know may not be quite 
what your question is getting at. But, Our question but, is but, very absolutely. open. It's, it's a broad church. You can answer whatever way yeah. you like. That's... Also, can I just say, I love that phrase, ambient stories. Ambient mm -hmm. stories. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's funny. It's just, I suppose it's the way it works, isn't it? That, you know, you, you, you aren't necessarily aware of uh, the, what story or, or whose story you're, you're kind of part of, especially when you're, when you're, when you're small. But I mean, what, what also, what also occurred to me was that I, I think in terms of stories, as in fictions, as, as in books, um, I think that that's very much connected with the kind of ambient story uh, kind of reality to me. I think I, I think even when I was very small, the the kind of stories that you found in books were important almost because they gave you, um, I suppose, a kind of almost like an alternative place, like an alternative set of set of values or kind of belief systems that you could occupy and and by looking out from those you can sort of you you can get get a perspective on uh the world that you're that, that you have found yourself in do you know what i mean that you know that mm -hmm. it's that, that if you it, it's it's the stories it's the fictions that that allow you to kind of cultivate a kind of private place or a kind of private landscape of of, of story where, where which you can kind of read against the um uh you know the stories that may be defining you without you even knowing it does that does that make sense and I, absolutely so, and and so I, so I think that's what fiction probably without me being at all aware of it you know i think that's what that that was part of the kind of the what was really you know magnetic about about fiction about books for me when i was when i was little um and even you know i was thinking about back to the kind of earliest books that really made an impression and it's things like uh, well actually two, i mean two books i could think of were uh, haunted house by jan pinkowski a pop-up book um and and Morris Sendak's Where the Wild Things Are oh. were, the two, were the two picture books which were really um, really made an impression on me. I think when I was um, when I was yeah very small, and um, you know they and I think for that for that reason they 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 were just they were both they both seemed to you know they were only a few pages long but but they both kind of contain so much of a kind of deep uh, reality of their own uh, which uh, is. And yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it all in those terms, but I think certainly as a kind of an alternative place, uh, a place where you can step step into and and get get the kind of perspective on on the world that that is your regular reality. Um, I mean, I think that's that's where the power of those comes from, partly. Like like a safe place or a place where you can get perspective, you know, in a, in a in a place where you know that. You're, you, you know, you, you'll have comfort there. You'll have you'll have security there. Is that what, is that kind of what you're? What I you think mean? I think that that probably is what I mean. Yeah, and also just and also just to kind of I think the, I think your your idea about shaping is is really is exactly the way to put it as well, isn't it? You know that you 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 read these books and they shape a kind of uh, an internal self for you or kind of internal landscape, and and so you, it is like cultivating something, like cultivating a, a sort of a, a place. And I mean that's true of those those books, but also I mean I could you know could, I was thinking things like um, like the Lord of the Flies for example is what late was a book I read later. I think we read that at school, but you know but I think that that absolutely gave me a way of kind of a sort of a, a way of thinking about what school was and like what what it was like to be to be a at school. Um, right. If that if that makes sense. They're they're like safe like safe places, but also they're places that challenge the existing structures. I mean, like in where the wild things are, its story can dissolve the walls of your bedroom. 
and open up this whole world so but it's doing that from within a safe place so it's both a safe place and a challenging place at the same time I think that's it, isn't it? Because you know, I don't know. In a way, like I, I think there's, I, I've got no, no problem with kind of books as comfort zones at all. Um, but I think, but you know, I, but I guess also I do also. I'm sure, you know, as book people, you kind of maybe you, we all want to also say it's, it's not just that. There's that, yeah, as you say, there's, there's a kind of challengingness, and, and you know, the, the, it's not like it's a, it's just a. a I mean, book, books are, I think, you know, absolutely a retreat and a kind of a place to to kind of to step into and step step kind of back into but but there's a you know if but but that that's not all they are that you know that there's, a, there's as you say there's a, there's a kind of challenge involved as well i mean i think is it there's a there's a line in there's a yates line is it in the tower or somewhere like that where he talks about uh, now 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 i'll make my soul you know um um and and that I, I think maybe that's what I'm trying to talk about as well. Just that it's it's a kind of mate. It, it's a sort of it's the shaping again. It's the it's the mm-hmm. the, the, the books are the tools, um, amongst other things, by which you by which you can can make your soul and, forge um, your imagination. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, I, think so. I love that idea of the, the ambient stories too uh, I don't know if this is what you meant by that maybe but I always I, I think about sometimes the, the films that we watched as, as as youngsters too I mean my brother and I were both really into movies as kids as well as books and they nearly were as much of a, an influence on me as the books I read um, yeah. you know and I think sometimes I wonder is that why there are so many people of you know my age or similar age to, to, to me um, creating books at the moment especially books for kids because we all grew up in a very fertile time of like the, you know the visual imagination on screen that we that we all would have grown up with um uh might have influenced and shaped us all in in that way um certainly yeah i, I really really resonating with what you're saying here yeah. sam it's great it, yeah i mean it's interesting i mean you're, you're right as well of course that i mean I talk, maybe i'm talking about books as a, yeah, a sort of very inward kind of encapsulated kind of place but also of course as, as you say it's actually it's it's a kind of route into a bigger world as well isn't it and, and a world beyond your immediate context and that's that's part of that as well it's almost i guess almost paradoxical in that way um and i mean i, I suppose i was I, for example i mean talking about yeah the, the sort of the stories that surround you the the sort of shared stories uh the ambient stories i mean just for example i mean i i um i mean i i I, I was very, you know, fortunate in my in my family. Like I, 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 I have not not had a kind of feeling of being kind of, uh, you know, oppressed by narratives that that kind of um, that put you in your place uh, in in a family as you know, uh, um, which I, you know I know of course is like you know everyone has their own experience, and and a lot of people will have that kind of sense. I mean, I, I for example, you know, I, I come from a kind of a quite a sort of rationalistic family. Like we, I think it would be fair to say. Uh, quite a lot of, of kind of science people in my family and medical people and and you know that the kind of the the ambient discourse probably in my childhood was was quite like leaning that way and um and you know that that is a great that's a great kind of benefit to me i think and it gives you a kind of a, a, it gives you a kind of a place to come from and and you know you a sort of sense of um of kind of yeah say the the, the rational or, or the scientific as kind of where where we start from but all, but then i mean that that leaves you with other things to kind of discover in your in your kind of private reading and i, I think it was sort of coming from that place it was a sort of step for me to then read read some stories um i mean i know you're fans of alan garner and, and that I mean, he'd, he'd be one example of this for me you know the stories that kind of make you think okay in in the kind of rational world we are still kind of you know that that we we are still creatures who who live in a kind of shamanic way as well, and and who who kind of um, you know experience things in fundamentally not rational ways. 
which is maybe kind of obvious when you say it, but you know, but I'm just saying that, you know, that, that's, uh, that, that for me, I suppose was a, was a, a story that I had to kind of remind myself of. Um, but I don't think it's mind. that obvious to most, to a lot of people. No, I think, I think it's, it's, obvious, it's obvious to you because you've spent a lot of time thinking <laughs> yeah. about it. And right, right, right. Grew up with Alan Garner. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that it's absolutely worth saying. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose the next question that we, we normally ask for, for the podcast is, um, what stories could you point to maybe that have influenced your life? And we kind of give examples of maybe your career choices or your dreams, your hobbies, for example. Um, do you have any stories you could point to that would have influenced the choices you've made that brought you to where you are at the moment? Yeah. Oh, gosh, this is really I find this really hard, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think. Um, I mean, I. Certainly, I mean, I, I, I suppose in retrospect now I can see that I was always absolutely a kind of swat, uh, especially in English classes. And and in a way, I mean, that that kind of, or I, I don't know, I sort of, much more than with other subjects at school, at least, um, I think I kind of got the idea of what English was about, you know, that, um, and, and, uh, and that, I mean, I suppose just, I don't know if this is quite really speaking to the question, but I mean, the, um, um, that path, that, that sort of that, that kind of path of, of studying English, um, it seems really kind of boring to say but I did but it, it was I suppose that was important to me actually and it did kind of lead me right up to you know doing a university and doing a PhD and and so on so I mean so I suppose that those kind of the, the kind of texts I mean I, I did end up doing a PhD on Shakespeare and his contemporaries so you know right as like canonical as you could possibly get um <laughs> you know so so I mean all, all that was kind of exploring all of all of that was important to me I suppose and and it did and I, I still you know I believe in it I believe universities are a good thing um you know much as they you know maybe may not be in the kind of ideal state that we would want them to be in um you know that uh that 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 all that was and is important to me but I think I mean I I also um I mean I, I did kind of I so I did a PhD in English Lit and 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 I I I kind of was on that path but I did at a certain point kind of think I'd kind of reached a dead end with that and with uh, and and sort of um and I ended up feeling that the way that some academics talked about books was really deadly and and you know like they just genuinely kind of wanted to bury them you know, or you know kind of entomb them under ziggurats or whatever you know that um and, and I so at a certain point I kind of felt I I've got nothing else to contribute to this particular kind of bubble of 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 talk and 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 I was kind of done with that, but we, and I was very lucky because it was about it was at that point that I my my first book got published, and so you know with and you know I, I think the did you do a PhD and write a novel at the same time? Well, I mean, if if you call it a novel, it was it was a very fragmentary book. The the one you, it was one you mentioned called Communion Town, which is it is I mean it is a novel, but it's it's a, it's very much kind of novel in fragments, and it was pieced together over a long long time. So it was I mean it was it was more kind of feat of taking a lot of little little bits and pieces and sort of assembling them into something that that seemed to work as a book um it worked it worked pretty well i think according to um, the man booker prize committee at least anyway. <laughs> so, so i mean but yeah i mean that's but but it was i mean i i but i was you know i think i was fortunate in that it sort of that i mean just doing that gave me a sort of a slightly way to kind of reconceive what what was most important important to me um and um uh so i and um you know i i think the 
you know, it's that that's that's it's, it's fiction that I found I then wanted to spend my time uh, writing. Um, but I mean, what else? I don't know what else I can tell you. I mean, in I, I mean, just almost going back to the sort of idea of the, the kind of privacy though of, of books. I mean, because I think you said what stories have influenced your life and also your your dreams. You said, and I do think it's the kind of it's the dream life. It's the dream life where it really kind of counts, you know. And that I can, I mean, much as I'm talking about, you know, the kind of the the great tradition of stuff that you might study in English class. I, I mean, the things that really kind of matter to me, I think, are the ones that have been read, like at the at the edges of that. And I can, um, I don't know about you, but I I don't know. I do always feel like there's there is a kind of yeah, that that sort of secret history um, of of stuff that has actually has just made made an impression on you, um, you know, in in the kind of in the place where where no one else can necessarily see. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I don't. I'm, I'm sure I could you know reconstruct uh, that a, a bit. But you know, I, but I'm just saying. You know, I I, I can sort of think of certain. I don't. My memory of it isn't that isn't that good. But I can I can sort of think of certain points. Or kind of vivid, vivid patches where I was reading things and thinking, "This is really going in," and this is, this is, you know, and it might be, you know, and some of that's. I remember um, just before I went to university, I, I, I read went through a patch of reading quite kind of what felt like quite heavyweight books, like John Fowles' Magus and the Satanic Verses and the oh, English yeah, Patient yeah. and stuff, and thinking, "God, I'm, I'm kind of learning something here, something I, I'm, I'm discovering something." Um, and and then I, I felt the same about Ian M. Banks, the Scottish novelist, when I discovered him. And I remember sort of, um, I remember getting getting very into his his books and thinking again, there's there's something that I'm really kind of getting from this. And also, but the same was true was also like you know doing um, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight at university, for example. Like you know, I think all of these. I mean, I don't know. You, you sort of you just absorb all these things, don't you? And you and you sort of feed them in. And and they they appear to sink without trace, but then in some ways they 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 come back. They come back. You at least expect them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and mm. you know, you, you sort of hopefully you know the more the more you absorb, the more you hopefully kind of produce some kind of unique um, <laughs> uh, sort of recipe, which which in some way when you then write yourself is is kind of manifested, I suppose. Absolutely. I think Susan and me can both really deeply empathise and uh, connect with what you're saying, as we we both have PhDs as well, and you know we're both authors, um, so it's 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 uh, very important. But what what drew you to Shakespeare in particular? Did you do you have any kind of can um, you trace that thread back anyway through your life? Oh gosh, I uh, I do. I wonder. I don't know. I mean, I partly probably is just being being a big SWAT. I don't know, and and sort of finding <laughs> it funny. It really. I mean, I don't know. Finding it sort of intriguing and challenging. And just, I mean, but I, I think, I mean, obviously, I, I I went through kind of phases of reading a lot of Shakespeare, and I don't so much now. But it's but it's always remarkable to go back to because just it's so rewarding line by line to read, you know. Yeah. Um, and like I say, I kind of uh, there's obviously a, there's a whole kind of academic culture of talking about Shakespeare, which you can get completely lost inside, like it's a total, mm-hmm. total labyrinth. And I'm I'm glad not to be in that now, but. I, um, but I, as a reader and as a as a you know when when you get to see Shakespeare on stage, um, you know I I still feel like you kind of um, um, it's hard to beat you know and the magic um, is still there yeah, <laughs> for sure. yeah 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 and, and I mean and and certain but again I, I and it's sort of it's obviously in a way that the kind of the status of Shakespeare the kind of the the, the kind of dominance of Shakespeare such as it is. Or the kind of place in in culture, or whatever. All, there's there's lots to there's lots to say about all that. But 
I mean, I just think it's like, I mean, he's like, I also, I would want to say he's, you know, he, he's this, he's this kind of unique kind of monument in some ways, but also he's just like any other writer. You, you, you read it and you take from it what you, what you need. What you need. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, like something, you know, like I remember doing, read The Tempest at school and, and it's just, a, it's, a, it's a book that's kind of always in my voice of play. It's always in my mind. And um, I'm thinking about it a lot at the moment because I'm, I'm the book I'm, I'm starting to try and write now you just sort of think um this is the third the third of these of these wolf books um Ooh. just starts to cut you start to sort of hear hear little kind of echoes of the tempest i love tempest is my so, favorite play by shakespeare i love i yeah, love the tempest too, i was gonna ask too. you what your favorite play was that would that would be mine i, I adore it so yeah. i'm delighted delighted that your third book is going to be or your third children's book is going to be uh have a connection to the tempest That's yeah, i mean i'm not i'm obviously i'm not saying <laughs> i'm not claiming anything except that what what I understand, what what I get from the tempest, I can sort of you, I, I can see that that's relevant here. You know, I can see that I can somehow I, I can I can turn my attention there and learn from it. Yeah, um, it mightn't be relevant to any, or it mightn't be not relevant. It mightn't be um, evident to anybody but yourself. But as, sure. the connection is there in, in your own in your own mind. That's that's really what that's really what we're talking about here on the podcast, isn't it? You know, these yeah. these really precious threads of, of of kind of connection that 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 bring us from our earliest bookish memories and our earliest words that we we read for ourselves, you know, to, to the people that we, that we grow to be, um, you know, it's, it's a really wonderful, it's a really, it's a wonderful conversation to have with people. And, and I'm really enjoying listening to you talk about how books and stories and, and the things that you've loved have, have shaped you. Uh, can I, I'm just really interested in what you were saying about, you know, the rational and the shamanic mm. and I'm, and especially the, the idea of the shamanic and in Wolf's Tongue and the Fox's Tower, that forest seems to me like a very shamanic place. And so I was wondering, like the books that you were going to, the books that shaped you, do you think they're they're calling on some kind of shamanic space? Or what's the relationship there between the shamanic and the stories that have shaped you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it does. I mean, I think. I mean, I, I almost think, I mean, I'm, maybe this isn't true for everyone, but I, I think um, that fiction writing is quite a, a kind of shamanic activity uh, as such. I mean, it, if, and I, so as I, the more I use the word, the less, I, the less sure I am that I fully understand what it means. But I suppose... So I love the about, word, about... though, and I love the... It's like, <laughs> um, say shaman, and I'm like, ooh! Yeah, but I, I mean, yeah, no, me too. Like, absolutely, yeah. And, and, I, and I mean, I suppose what I take it to mean is to be about sort of... Um, the the processes or the, the the ways in which um kind of the individual like human beings understand themselves as as kind of um individual or social creatures how, how they kind of experience them experience themselves making some kind of contact with with something else something beyond the reality that, that they can see or understand Brilliant. um I, I i don't know i'm sure that's i'm sure that's quite a bad definition but you know that i but yes i i mean i, I think seems to me fiction necessarily kind of is doing that and, and in a way I think it's one of the ways in which kind of the the kind of realist tradition is slightly uh well I was going to say I was going to say in bad faith but that's not fair I mean it's that it, it, it's slightly slightly kind of mistaken about itself if 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 it's if you know we think that Middle March or Madame Bovary or something is kind of um it is a sort of pure representation of the real like it never is it's always no. it's always a kind of um reaching towards something that that can't be understood and um and i mean and, and you know a writer like ghana i think 
um, is it just understands that in a in a kind of more direct and instinctive way than, than a lot of writers. He's got a distinction. I heard of this in an interview, but he's got a distinction between realist fiction um, as having a kind of Newtonian philosophy and then the fiction that he's interested in having a what's the opposite of Newtonian quantum maybe I think quantum, maybe, maybe, maybe quantum yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah no I mean I think that's that's really interesting isn't it that, that yeah like you, you could almost see that there, there's, a, there's a there's a there's a certain idea and I don't know who this maybe this is a, a sort of straw man idea but that you could I think you could sort of see how there, there there is a certain idea of the novel as a Newtonian system of causes and effects isn't there where you you know you, you drop in some causes and some effects follow and I think that's that's so interesting isn't it I, I hadn't heard that from Ghana but that idea that yeah it's a recent it's, interview I will send you uh, the link that, oh yeah yeah please do <laughs> oh we'll, we'll um, put it in the show notes yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, I mean the, the, but yeah the, the idea that, that that's not really what we're trying to do and that if because I, mean, I, th- I think it's I mean that's I think that's a very useful idea isn't it that, that actually I mean because it's true I mean it, I think novels maybe can't even exist without partly trying to be a Newtonian system maybe but but then they also it's where they they get really interesting when they stop being that <laughs> like when um, they abandon all that i mean yeah. i suppose they have to have a certain amount of cause effect for it to 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 cohere as a, as a thing that can be read and understood by other people but um yeah i think they need a certain amount of leap off into the into the quantum <laughs> to sort of make and, it interesting and abs- absolutely yeah. and, and i mean i i don't know i i feel like i haven't answered your question about about sort of the shamanic elements of it I mean doesn't matter I, I'm I, having fun listening to you so yeah. I, I, I mean I think I'm just trying to think that I mean so I mean with, with Ghana like what is it it's just I mean I, I I think you know I think his work was really important to me because he was maybe the first writer who showed me that that kind of thing that appeared to be to make in, in one way to make no sense and yet or mm. and yet made a kind of and yet it makes profound sense, sense in another yeah. way on a, on a level that you can't quite articulate yeah, mm. absolutely, and and I mean, I think I, I think probably the first of his that I came across were maybe Redshift and The Owl Service. I can't remember which which one I read first of those, but I think those were the first two. And I, I I I was maybe even a bit young for them, but I remember reading Redshift and just sort of having no idea what was going on really. But but also, you know, there's there's a kind of that. And I still don't really know what's going I know. on. No. I don't, um... <laughs> Neither do I, but I still, it compels me. I, I've read it so many times and I, I don't get it, but it's brilliant. But we do, like, you feel like you get you get it, but you can't. Well, yeah, maybe you're right. You get oh, it and you, you can't, can't explain it's not at the front of your what brain. it is. It's like. Yeah. It speaks to some kind of a, a, a deeper part of your brain. Perhaps, yeah. 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 Maybe that is it. Like, and, and I mean, maybe that's why Gano is, I mean, I think that probably is partly why he's important to me anyway, that he just. I mean, it's it's a real kind of um, it's it's just a real lesson in what's possible, I suppose. And and the and I yeah, I, I mean, it's sort of you can't really you can't really replicate it or try to do the thing that he does, no. but but you can but you can certainly sort of understand that something is happening there, and 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 you can and it just I suppose it just you know it opens your kind of senses to 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 what might be to the scope scope of what's possible, I suppose. Gosh, amazing! I was trying. I was trying to. I was trying to tell somebody the other day, trying to re- re- kind of, I suppose, recommend some Alan Garner books because she'd never read Alan Garner, and I, I found myself kind of babbling on about how much he meant to me, and realizing as I was speaking that it made no sense what I, what I was saying. Um, and I'm kind of that's that's that kind of sums up the power of his books for me. Like you know that they they mean so much to me on such a deep level, and yet I I don't think I fully understand exactly 
uh, what he's trying to what he's trying to achieve or what he is achieving in, in his books. And yet I just they're so precious. Um, so I love talking to fellow Garnerites or fellow Garner fans. It's great. <laughs> so he's the most shamanly of shamans. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally. He's yeah. a proper shaman. <laughs> and I mean, he, and he's been, and it's like it's a it's a life's work as well. I mean, that kind of sure. the, the sort of that that kind of. Um, I mean, I suppose that's another thing about it, isn't it? That you you can see that kind of building those mm. kind of roots into the kind of into the unknown is actually something he's been doing right from the beginning and is still doing. I, I mean, I have building I haven't roots read into Treacle. the unknown. Yeah, that's a gorgeous um, phrase. But like, I mean, you I haven't, you haven't read Treacle Walker. I Treacle, Treacle Walker. So oh, I'd, it's I'd be interested incredible! To oh, it's brilliant! Yeah, it's brilliant! Yeah, really, I, mean, I really you, loved it. If you um. If you look at like um, I, I suppose the, the the early ones like Wilson and Brisingerman and uh, and the Moon of Gomrath and maybe Elidor as well I suppose I mean, well, I mean I, actually having you heard talk having heard you talk about Elidor I, I think I sort of need to revisit that and understand it better but but I mean I suppose you can sort of you, you can see the kind of patterns at work in the sense that like Elidor Elidor is a kind of portal fantasy isn't it and and the the Brisingerman the Weirdstone books are they're they're sort of you know, that there's a kind of you can almost you, you could almost mistake them for a kind of certain sort of generic fantasy of a, of a of a kind that's rather easier to describe about sort of um finding it finding a sort of magic um, a magic treasure sure. um, but i mean that's that, that's that's maybe a, that's a snobbish way to put it actually isn't it because i i, I don't you know, i don't mean to dismiss that books about magic treasures at all like but, and, and and that is what they are as well now they're, they're books about magic about finding magic treasures but um but like, if but then he, did you have you read Boneland? This interesting. I have not yes, but I mean, you've read. I've read Boneland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just thought that was so fascinating. <laughs> the way that, like, you know, I think it's like fifty years later or something. It's just, yeah, yeah. Right, it's it's up Cullen and Susan's again yeah. story again. Yeah, it is. It's, I've and, never seen or heard of anyone else doing anything like that. You know, picking up a picking up a story so many years after. You know, like in in his real life as well as in in the fictional sphere. sphere it's yeah. it's an, yeah, it's incredible. And again, it's one of the books by him that I don't fully I don't fully get but yeah it no, compels me deeply it's really mystifying isn't it but, yeah. but I mean but it's still but it, but you can sort of see it it's totally different it's totally unlike oh completely unlike the previous yeah but but also I mean it still is kind of you can see the the kind of there's something that that persists as well like you know that it's that it's got it's all about this this kind of prehistoric hand axe and and that that sort of it's like that has almost been put in the place of the magic treasure you know, and sort of, and there is no, you know, there's there's nothing as kind of quite as easy to kind of grasp as a portal between worlds or, or across time or anything. But but just sort of the the, I mean, I quite quickly become incoherent trying to describe, it, I suppose. But the, <laughs> the um, you know, the, the the sort of the the way that there is a way in which Colin in Boneland, mm -hmm. he's still in the, he is still in the same predicament, and he's still kind of it's it's still about the same kind of the the same sort of um riddles that that he's kind of confronted with but they've they've just they, they sort of just grown over over the over the course of garner's career i guess and, and i guess yeah and like and the sort of the time spans that he's trying to make sense of have expanded so much the, the sense of um, time in his books is so amazing isn't it like it just it goes from you know i, I can't even as you say you, you become incoherent trying to put this into words but this <laughs> the sense of like of, of eternity that garner it's like it's like he's almost like a like he's an like he's an intelligence beyond humanity or something and he's he's writing books that are spanning the entirety of of existence and you're like yeah and that he can access all times at once exactly and it's beyond what we can access it's a, i don't know he's 
I don't know what kind of a genius he is, but uh, I'm just I'm just glad I got to live at the same time as him. Just yeah. that I could read it, that I could read his books. I mean, of all the times you could live in in the span of human history, we get to live in Alan Garner's <laughs> life. I mean, how lucky are we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and no, well, I, I mean, it's tre- Treacle Walker sounds like it's good then. Mm, oh, brilliant! It's so brilliant. good, so really good. good. Great, great. Yeah, yeah, I loved it, and I hope it wins the prize. I think it will. This is my uh, my prediction. <laughs> <laughs> Let's manifest that into being. ASAP. It's happening. It's already <laughs> happened because all times coexist. That's right, true. Yeah, yeah. All times so, coexist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I suppose we we this is I mean the questions that we ask people are we're kind, we're kind of it's kind of they've become meaningless in this wonderful episode because we're kind of answering them all as we go. But um, we've talked a bit about stories that have influenced your life and the shape of your career so far. Um, but can you speak to any particular stories that you feel might have shaped your your work, uh, your creative work, um, Sam? Anything that might have come into any of your books? I guess your your books for adults as well as your books for kids. Yeah, gosh, think? I mean, well, I mean, on I mean, we've Garner aside. Although, I mean, just one one final point about Garner is that I think in, in terms of adult adult books versus children's books, um, I mean, to me, he he is also a kind of model for this. That yeah. you know uh, that, that that kind of distinction in his work. It, as far as I can tell, it's kind of meaningless. You know that, that he um, that that it's not like he has uh, two parallel streams of work, one for the grown-ups, one for the children. It's, it's simply that there is this one thing that he's doing, mm-hmm. and and it, it kind of it just kind of evolves. Um, and um, you know, I mean, Bone Boneland, I suppose, is kind of it's a book for people who were children when they read children, when we read Wisdom. Um, but but I guess um, is that something that shapes you as well, going from like like when you sit down to write a story you're consciously thinking oh this is going to be a children's book or this is going to be an adult book or is it just yeah. the expression of of, of a truth no I mean I I would like to I would like to say not no I mean I, I think I mean and, and again it's I mean obviously I suppose it's it's never quite that simple because I mean I, I mean but I mean my, my but I, I I didn't sort of think of it that way it was just you know you just write write books that you're in a position to write I suppose and um and I mean these th- having written these two books for for young readers now uh really that's yeah you know, that that was because i i had young i have young children and they were younger when i started these and um and, and that you know that that put me in a position where those were books i was most interested in writing really um but i think um i you, you kind of I, I i suppose i just feel like you can't think too much about readers like i mean like you know line to line word to word of course in a way you're doing nothing except thinking about the reader um, but it's the reader who is you, you know, it's the reader who, you know, you, you are, you have to write, you have to write for yourself and hope and sort of you know, try and make, make it work for yourself. And the, the kind of, I suppose the if a kind of, if a kind of alchemy happens, it's in, it's in the fact that, you know, by writing the story in a way that is true to you, it will feel true to, to someone else. But, um, but I mean, but that, I think that's, I, I so, so I, mean, I, I certainly, I think I just, if, if there are any kind of issues about, you know, do you, do you change your kind of, register or try to sort of write write in a kind of more you know write i, mean, I was going to say write down but you know if, if, if you if you do anything like that with with child readers you know that that i just i think i just sidestep those questions and just you know i think i'm better off not thinking about them yeah they don't like being spoken down to i think no, I mean, no. books, like, books like yours are uh, I, I think you share with garner that that sense though that your books aren't like i mean they they don't seem to pay any attention to the dis- distinction between adults and, and adult reading and child reading I mean your your books are 
that they have these fundamental eternal truths in them as well uh, even though you, you you're you know the, the two that we're talking about most today are your books for kids um you know they they have that same sense in the, the expansiveness of, yeah. of garner's work and and they're also quite 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 short you know and i, I don't mean that in any sense uh to be a, any kind of criticism it's it's a it's a it's, an, it's a mark of how how accomplished your books are that like garner's they're they're, they're concise and but yet they they contain so much you know I, I really admire that i think it's it's a real skill that you have um so I don't oh, know. I don't you. know. If, no, you're welcome. I don't. I don't know whether Garner is, whether you consciously did that when you were writing, um, or not. But or or if it's just a, a side effect of, of him, him being so important to you as you, as you grew up. But I certainly I think know. you've you've really you've really you've really got the the same sort of sense, you know, in your books as he has. I mean, I think it's. I, I suppose you're always just kind of seeking the the right the, the the means to say the thing you want to say or tell the story you want to tell. I mean, and I I kind of I do. I mean, I think the children's books that I really admire um often I, I like one i you know I, I think they're just just kind of you know in in sensory terms i i, I really like i really enjoy kind of a, a sort of lucidly told fiction with with you know which it which which also unfolds its story in a very in a, in a sort of efficient way i think that's just aesthetically nice and i i, I really like i really like um i mean so a couple of books that um I think are really inspiring for young readers. I like, I love you know, Ted Hughes's Iron Man, um, which is which I think is is again is written in that kind of way. Um, and um, I always really liked um, Neil Gaiman's Coraline as well. You know that which I, is which is a such a again sort of very, very short short book written in a very uh, uh, to the point kind of way. Um, so I, I mean I think that's that kind of. I mean I don't know. Do, I, I certainly. I, I suppose for me, there's there is always a, a sort of strong part, part of the impulse to write is about an impulse to kind of to to reproduce effects that have pleased you and <laughs> and to just you know to sort of say I I really like a story that that gets told with no time wasted and um and uh, and a, and a sentence that works that way as well um so so I suppose, anyway I, I guess for me that's you know you, you sort of you have those feelings and and you apply that as you write and you try and you, you say i'm trying to make i mean also equally you know i really like a novel that takes 500 pages to tell a story and i kind of there's no there's no obligation to to stick to one one set of kind of uh values is there you know you, you could um i you know i'd love i'd love to write a, a massive long novel that that needs to be that long um I guess the story takes whatever shape it has to take. I yeah. mean, I guess it's told yeah. whatever way it needs to be told. Would they? Would you? Would you see your adult work as similar to your your children's work, or or how how long are your adult books, or would they be similar stylistically? Or they're they're also quite short, and yeah, I don't know if I could. I'm qualified to say if they're similar stylistically. I mean, I mean, I think you learn. I think you learn every with every book you write, don't you? And um, and and I think. I think it's probably quite healthy to feel that the last book you wrote is is your favourite one, um, and uh, or at least your second favourite after the one you're about to write would be I suppose, <laughs> the ideal place to That's be. That's a good policy. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, I, I don't know. I, I I think what they have in common, um, generally, is I mean, it's, I suppose it's it is the the sort of shamanic thing, and, I, and maybe that maybe for the reasons mm -hmm. we talked about, that's that's the kind of thing that that really does does kind of excite me, and I mean. One of them, the, the jot, I suppose, is, is a more overtly or, or, or kind of apparently uh, sort of straight up kind of realist kind of novel. But I mean, but that's, but again, I mean, I, I think what's, 
always to me what what becomes exciting and what becomes really interesting in fiction writing is is taking the kind of the world as as you represent it and trying to sort of you know find the places where where it kind of where you kind of push through into the into the kind of the other thing um and and it becomes uncanny and and odd um and so i suppose that's that's probably the thing that they they would have in common and it, and in in you know in in, the, in these children's books it's more i mean that's sort of expressed as you know the the kind of through through the sort of almost semi portal fantasy kind of pattern um and, and it's it becomes something you can kind of play around with in that in that way but uh, but i you know but that but sort of the impulse it comes out in other ways i think probably in, in some grown up writing um and it, i mean in terms of you were saying what what stories have shaped your work i, I think probably just for me it is always the case that um it's it's the sort of it, it's that stuff with a kind of that, that is on some kind of edge of the fantastical that generally i find most most kind of inspiring i suppose and and stuff that has a kind of hybridity to it like but across genres um you know whatever that means um like i i i do always i mean actually i mean so so in terms of kids books one one book that that was inspiring to me very early on was uh, the wolves of willoughby chase speaking of wolves and which which is kind of which is just a piece of speculative fiction in the in the most subtle kind of way um in that it's it's set you know in the in a world where there's it's it's in a, a, a during a period of history that never quite happened never happened and yeah there's a, there's a there's a channel tunnel before there ever really was one <laughs> isn't there and, and stuff like that so um i know i always thought that was really good that was really cool that's amazing writing. yeah yeah um and um yeah you know and and so also more you know I, I remember being very struck and affected by um the tripods the john john christopher novels as well when i read those when i was quite small um which obviously that's i mean that's sort of full-blown sf but that but that kind of um do you know that? Did you ever see this? Never, there, was a no. t- there was a TV series as well. Um, it's, they're just they're, they're these these books. Um, they're uh, I mean John John Christopher was a yeah he I think he's quite a prolific writer, but I think they were his kind of best known things. And they're they're set in a kind of in a medieval uh, a medieval s medievalized future um, where the the planet's been invaded by some aliens who stride around in these big like tripod machines and. Um, and they they put these these kind of things on these put these things called caps, which are sort of like um, uh, lattices of wire that they put on the heads of grown ups and which control their thoughts and so mm. and and, uh, that, and but the, but the children don't have them and so it's a kind of it's a sort of I suppose it's sort of YA before the fact almost. Um, well, that's really yeah. interesting. That sounds yeah. well, amazing. As soon as yeah. the word medieval, Sinead was like, <laughs> I was interested yeah. anyway. Medieval <laughs> sci-fi, Sinead was all there. Yeah, yeah. Oh my no, god, amazing. I, mean, I guess I mean it probably it probably actually prefigures quite a lot of uh, later things. Come to think of it, I mean that uh, it was certainly my I mean that was certainly my first and I guess this would be in the. 80s wouldn't it and my that was my first experience of that kind of idea of a kind of how the future might look like the past um which is uh which obviously is an idea that only becomes more and more worth thinking about um uh, i suppose um uh, and yeah yeah so i always i thought you know the way his kind of take on that and then kind of john wyndham's stories and similar spirits um were yeah um I, I mean, they they were always very inspiring to me, and uh, and I've never I like I haven't written I haven't really managed to write kind of full blown science fiction, and almost maybe maybe it's the stuff that kind of maybe maybe you sort of do end up writing at almost like at a slight angle to the stuff that you thought was the most appealing or, or 
or maybe you have to then work your way back towards it. It would be remiss of us to not mention uh, before we uh, kind of get on to the end of the episode, um, the the beautiful um, uh, production that Little Island um, have have made yeah. of 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 your books. I mean, Wolf's Tongue is one of the most beautifully made books. It's just it's just a piece of art really <laughs> in is, your hands. Yeah, it's, it's you amazing. Know, the quality of the of the, the printing and and the art. I mean, who who was your was your illustrator? Do you mind? Uh, the illustrator is Anna Tromop, uh, who is uh, a she's from Norway. She's and she's you know she's just yeah an amazing artist and um and she really I think you know it really um you know got the feel of the book as well. Absolutely, um, really the, did. Uh, um and it was I mean it was interesting. I mean entirely you know, enough entirely all, all credit goes to her and and to uh, the editors at Little Island um, and the publishers. Uh, because you know they, they made they they matched the book with with the artist, um, and you know she I think you know, lots that I love that but I, I love the way her her artwork is like it's quite it's quite kind of dark and and not really at all cute it's kind of exactly um, but it fits it, the story so well yeah it, it, it yeah. fits your animal world so beautifully absolutely yeah yeah no, sorry, really, it's, no, it's great I was really struck by the by the darkness I guess and, and by the you know I used the word brutality earlier in the introduction I was given to you but um it really it really was almost like a, like a real I know it's it's realistic probably isn't the word to use but there isn't there's no there's no cutesy tween us here like it really is um a very brutal nature dark... red and tooth and claw, claw isn't it? <laughs> yeah. no and I think it's really and important I really like that, that yeah no me absolutely me too I think it's really important that her uh I mean what one thing that she absolutely kind of understood about the the books is that she doesn't make her animals look at all anthropomorphic. You know, sure, so they, they, they look, look like, like animals. People. Yeah, and, and and obviously it's and it was actually kind of a it was quite a kind of difficult challenge to put to her because like in in the stories the animal the animals do behave like humans uh, in a lot of ways and they you know they they talk and they they build cities to live in and stuff but um but but I think it, it's actually it's really kind of crucial that they 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 should look like animals and I think part you know to me, part of what's kind of interesting to me in the stories is the way that it's about it's about how the stuff that humans do is really weird and that we uh, you know <laughs> that, 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 that we we are animals yeah. who who are doing this stuff and you know it's you know and, and if if animals were to do it it would be strange and it's also quite strange that yeah and and, and so, I mean so I mean there's, there's a kind of awkwardness built into the idea I think that like you know. You know, animals build build a city and, and ride around on on trains and stuff and that's you know you sort of do think that it's it's a peculiar reality but it is a peculiar reality so that's kind of the point like if, if that so so i mean anna totally kind of understood that i think yeah i think the power of her of her work really brought as you were kind of talking about the, the shamanic quality of your book you know bringing bringing you from uh, from one reality uh, you know to another or kind of ex expanding your consciousness as you read like her her art and, and the, the whole feel of the book and the whole look of the book really helped with that for me anyway um as well i just think it's it's between your your words and anna's art and the production of the book it just it was a, a match made in heaven it's it's a they really are um beautiful objects to own as well as uh, wonderful stories to read Definitely, I, I really I remember when I picked up Wolf's Tongue the first time. I thought, oh my god, I don't care what this book is about. I have to own it. It's just stunning. <laughs> so, so fair play to Little Island and, and the whole team there for making such a gorgeous, a gorgeous book. Um, yeah, no, they did an amazing job, didn't they? They really did. They even made it smell nice. Smell <laughs> I think all books smell nice. They have an <laughs> intoxicating fragrance. Um, but I suppose to to help us to start wrapping up for today's episode, um, I guess we'll ask the. The cheeky question, I suppose you've sort of answered it already, but um, what's next from you in terms of upcoming projects that you can speak about? And if you can't speak about them in detail, give us a, give us a hint. Yeah, no, well, I mean, so I, I am, I'm I'm trying to write a third 
well, I, mean, I am uh, writing and and trying to write a third and final book in this in this sequence, um, which is which I, I really like doing actually. And I mean, I I had never I've never written sequels to things before, um, and I hadn't with the first one of these I had not expected to write a sequel, but um, but um, my Matthew, my editor at Little Island, just when we were wrapping the first one up, he sort of he just asked, "Is there a second book?" And it was one, it was a kind of unusually clear example of that kind of time when you someone asked something like that, and you think, "Oh yeah, there obviously is a second and, <laughs> you know, and 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 which is you know nice to be given that and, and uh, so so that you know really like you know really fortunate to, to 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 have the chance to write a second one and and then a third one as well. Um, it's and I mean it's kind of what I find really interesting is that. Um, you know, I think it's it's always my experience that you know, you finish when you finish writing a long thing, a book or whatever, you sort of you finish it and you think, right, I, I kind of I've absolutely kind of I, I'm I can't I can't work on this anymore. I've I've kind of used up, but also now I see how I should have written it. You know, now now I kind of now I understand <laughs> it in a way that I couldn't couldn't understand it when I started, and so it's it's very interesting to have the chance to kind of feed that back into another project and sort of say, okay. Um, my, my kind of what I have now learned about the first book can go into the second one, and conversely, uh, well, you know, then again, that 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 can then go into the into the third one, um, Brilliant. which I hope is going to be uh, a, a kind of. Um, I mean, actually, yes. I, I I hope they kind of get weirder as they go on as well. I hope Good, we love weird. Um, so there's that, and yeah, and 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 also I do I want to kind of write up. I have a couple of grown up books in mind as well, um, which I want to get into. And do you have a do you have a date or a release date or a title for your next children's um, book that the, you can the, share? The last, the final wolf book is is called um, "The Forest Yet to Come." Ooh, and that is a the, good title. Um, and I th- I think twenty twenty four is the is the expected date for it. Um, when the forest yet to come will arrive. Right, exactly. <laughs> Reminds me of the Once and Future King or something. It has yeah. that real sense of <laughs> grandeur about it. The forest yet to come. Great title. Um, well, we'll certainly look, be looking forward to anything that you uh, that you put out uh, in the next few years. It's it's been great to talk to you today, Sam, and wonderful to speak to you about your your process and your 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 story shaped life. Um, and uh, I'm really and looking forward to your, to your next book and, and shamanism and 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 deep time. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> no, thank you so much. No, it's a real a real um, privilege to get to chat to you. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, and we'll leave it at that for today, but. Um, if you've liked this episode, um, please do remember to to uh, to like and review and rate it if you can and share it with everybody, um, any story shaped people you know, which is everybody because we're all story shaped. We all live in ambient stories. We live in ambient stories. That's it. <laughs> um, do but do do uh, do like and review and share the podcast episodes with your with your buddies and um, because and with your enemies too, um, because and uh, every new every new listener um is, is good. It helps us to grow the podcast and reach new reach, reach new ears. Um, so thank you very much for that, and thank you hugely to Sam for coming on. Sam Thompson for coming on today to speak to us. Uh, it's been a joy. Um, but for now it's goodbye from me, and. Goodbye from me. And we'll say farewell from Sam as well. Thanks. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Until next time, everybody, uh, stay stay reading and, uh, and, uh, and take care. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to Story Shaped with Susan Cahill and Sinead O'Hart. Follow us on Twitter at Story Shaped Pod. And don't forget to subscribe on the streaming service of your choice so that you never miss an episode. Music by Tony Betts. Thank you.